be back. Episode two. Yes. One of your favorite duels, Trev and Dr. J. Give me something to start your Monday off to. Come groove with us. Turn us up in your headphones. And just relax with us. Kick back. We'll take care of you. songs that make you think about R&B group, groups dancing all the time, and every group had that one elbow to knees move that everybody did. You know, you was probably doing it while you was in the car on the train just now. Yeah. <laughs> you took it back with that one. Maybe <laughs> thinking about Moesha. Oh, show, oh yeah, those man. Shows. Those Black Excellence shows, yeah, man. Remember that network? That was our station. That was our station. Everything we wanted came on that network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good times, man. Good times. Well... We're happy to be back here with you. Yes, episode two. Here we are. And, yeah. you know, definitely a big, you know, thank you. Big shout out to you guys, the listeners, all our friends, our tribe, everyone that gave us an air, listen, um, hit us up, gave us feedback, you know, reposted, put the word out there on social media. You know, it was, it was a great response, man. Resounding response from everybody. Absolutely. We really appreciate that. Like, we really are grateful for people taking your time to listen the feedback that we give, even a critical feedback, right? Like we're not even upset if you are harsh on us in your criticism because, you know, you have a very high expectation of us. So we appreciate that. Keep holding us to that standard. Keep listening. Keep giving us feedback. And we promise to grow and we promise to make this bigger and better with every episode. So continue to grow with us. With that said, Jay, well going, fam. Episode two. Uh, From the block to the ballroom. Let's get it. Two versatile brothers. Uh, I guess we should start with the mental health check-in. Yes, yes. And I think this time I'll start with you. Brother, where you at mentally? Let me know. <sighs> mentally, uh, mentally, I'm cluttered right now. I feel cluttered. I uh, got two big projects coming up. Uh, one at work with reaccreditation and getting our four programs reaccredited, which is a huge, ta- huge task. Um, happens every 10 years if you're good at it, but you could be put on probation or be given five years. So... Working on that, having that on my plate and bothering me and having work to get done. Uh, first, My first official meeting as president of the Greater New York City chapter of the Black Nursing Association. And we got a huge NIH grant that we're working on. So being the person responsible for that has me cluttered. And then you also, you know, you just have your day-to-day work that you have to do. Right. Right. Like being a dad, being a friend, being a sibling, being a son. Um, just everything that you have it just has me feeling mentally cluttered that I haven't dealt with it. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Um, the dope thing about all of that is you're able to see and assess and actually admit and own 
that feeling? What can you do going forward to avoid getting to this state of feeling cluttered? How, how could you change that maybe for next time when your plate gets, you know? I think for me, this this feeling of being mentally cluttered is, is a byproduct of being so busy. Mm. And because I wouldn't change being so busy, this helps me. Like, this is a, a byproduct of me unplugging after I get over busy. Okay. And then I just feel mentally cluttered, which is kind of like feeling stuck, mm. right? But um, it also reminds me of uh, when one of our frat brothers, uh, Glenn Belgrave, passed away. He made this speech at his, uh, well, he gave a speech to be read at his funeral. And he was like, sometimes in life you get to these stagnant moments where you think nothing's happening. But it's because you're getting ready to have another burst because life is really about bursts. Right, right. But you can't burst all the time. Right. And in between those, t- in between bursts, like you're stagnant. And when you're stagnant, reach a certain capacity, you're getting ready for another burst. Mm. So I feel like this is about to um, catapult me to another burst. But I come out of that mode when I start admitting it and saying it, whether it's admitting it to myself or saying it out loud. And because we're being vulnerable, I'm saying it for the first time to myself and out loud uh, with you and all of our listeners. So I think that I'm getting ready to get into a period of being productive. That's dope. That's dope. And rest in peace, Glenn. Dope. Absolutely. What about you, brother? Where you at? Where, where you at mentally? Mentally, I'm pretty good, bro. Feeling very motivated. Feeling very good, motivated. Good. Um, first full week back at work just passed. Uh, actually went to the office all five days too. <laughs> all me five. And me and my ace, uh, we we work together. We're on the same team. Always have a joke, man. Stop the five. Can't get the five days. Corporate America. If you really want to push it, you do three days, two two days you work from home. We usually take at least one day to work from home. You know, it's great uh, work-life balance on my team. But uh, just because I had to catch up and, you know, some FaceTime was needed uh, with people in the office. I was actually in all five days. But, you know, feeling good, man. It's the last month of the first quarter, March 1st. You know, that also reminds me that my birthday is actually – a month away because I'm the first day of April. Beautiful day. April's very young. Uh, first Every day season on the horizon. You know, right before we go into the springtime. So that's 31. 30 was a great year. Looking forward to carrying that momentum even further and growing in 31. So I feel good, man. I don't think I'm going to do five days this week. They <laughs> only get four. Friday, I'll be watching my ESPN and my box briefs on the, on the laptop. You know, I'm taking that call. I'm definitely not coming in next Friday. It's but. needed. You know, it's needed. It keeps the balance. But yeah, man, I feel motivated, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to really um, making March great. I'm s- still uh, in the process of doing that uh, abundance challenge that I mentioned, the uh, morning meditations, which is dope, man. I feel like I'm, I'm on a train in the morning time and like, you know, train in the morning time, it can be very congested. It could be a lot of angry faces. I don't know and nothing like, about that. There was a, oh yeah, this guy's bougie. He doesn't know how to take a train. Nah, it don't work with my incredible Hulk temper. I can't be on the train. Well, well, for example, like, yeah, so, you know, I feel like I've had moments of the train where some people may have had that incredible Hulk temperament, and they just looked at me, and I was grooving. Had the bump headphones it. on, bumping, and you could just, I just look at it, and I was just, like, they would just look at me and, like, kind of smile and nod, like, you know what? Let me, it's, just, day. it's hard to be angry so early in the morning, and you look up and you see somebody who looks like they're in a happy space. And I feel like those morning meditations, like, help, like. You know, like I'll sometimes like what I do is I take the railroad from Queens into downtown Brooklyn, okay, and then take the train right to Lower Manhattan, the financial district. Uh, so sometimes I'll be getting off the railroad, and I like to catch that first train, whether I take the two, three, or the four, or five. I like to catch that right away and catch that first one. Sometimes I'm, you know, a couple a couple days this week, maybe I, I just missed it. I wasn't even tripping. 
as long as I'm still in times and not even tripping. You know, just, I don't know. The morning meditation it definitely keeps your energy up. Um, going into the start of the day, you know, sometimes you have to get in first, get your tea, get your coffee, settle in. I feel like with the morning meditation, I'm already settled in from before I even walk into the building. That's dope. You know, if anything, walking into the building kills the kills the fuck out. Of <laughs> that was the it's most like, fun oh, thing. Was listening yeah. to my morning podcast and listening to uh, you know, listening to some music on the way in. Then reality sets in. Um, yeah, man, just you know, making sure I stay real consistent um, with the gym in March. You know, we got our little trip coming up that we're taking down to the A. We're going to Jamaica for my boy's wedding in uh, in April. So you know, I for sure up road, you know. Should be good times. Be good times. I'm sure your cousin's gonna be happy to see you in Atlanta for his birthday. Right, right. So dope, dope, dope. I'm looking forward to you know just um, hitting it five days, five days a week, and then keep running. All right, Uh, bet. So saying that, let me go right into a weekly recap. You know, let's do it, bro. Uh, I didn't really do much, man. Like I I had to teach this week. Uh, It felt good getting back in front of my class and teach my uh, my last my last semester students uh, because the past two weeks was gynecology. And teaching gynecology from a woman's standpoint mm. is really not my expertise. Mm. So I let my co-professor do that. Uh, but other than that, it was I was sick. That's what it is. So if you hear me sucking on a, um, a cough drop, it's because I don't want to sound scratchy. And I'm also congested. So getting over that cold. I spent last week getting over that cold. What you about you? What's your brother? What'd you say? You got a vaporizer? Do <laughs> um, actually do. Actually do. I have to start doing essential it. essential oils. But it was, it was, that vaporizer was uh, running up my electric bill. So I had to cut that off. Gotcha. What about you? How was your week? How was your week? And he has to conserve. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Economically smart. Good week, bro. As I mentioned, first full week back at work. Um, linked up with the, the dope young scholars of Eagle Academy in Brooklyn on Thursday. Uh, shout out to the administrator there, Madison Payton. Me and have been uh, collaborating on working with some of the top achieving scholars at That's that dope. high school. Um, it's an all boys charter school in Bedstein, not too far from where we're reporting right now. Um, we had our first brother to brother dinner um, at Negril in the city in January. This was a little bit more informal. We went to our Wild Wings um, at Atlantic Terminal. Yeah. And we know we're just talking about everything they have coming up SAT prep, college admittance, uh, what college life is like, careers, just. Eating wings and talking. It was, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. Uh Friday, went to a really dope event at Nike New York headquarters. Uh shout out to Renze, who uh bro from Howard, who uh works at Nike. Shout out my man Abdul Della, uh, my boy Brian. I was playing it was Team Ghana versus Team Nigeria. Great way to end uh Black History Month. Uh, it's called Battle of Who Got the Best Jalof. Uh, uh, that's always a top conversation. I'll be honest with you. Twitter, Instagram. Ghanaian Jalof for me, brother. Oh, I can't comment. I don't. I, I don't eat it. So I've been in. I haven't been to Ghana, but I've been to Nigeria before. Um, and no diss to the Niger family. You know, I love it. But for me, something about that spice and that Ghanaian jollof. That's where it's at, bro. I'm so let you stand on that ledge by yourself. It was a lot of culture. It was a lot of culture. It was just a dope way to end uh, Black History Month, man. So it was fun. Shout out to everybody who's at that game. All right, that's real dope. That's real dope. It sound like a very good week. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's let's also recap some of the stuff that's happened this week. Right. Keep everybody updated. What you got first on the agenda? Well, first, brother, we got to start, man. We lost um, no longer a hidden figure. Actually, you know, a well-known figure now, um, probably due to that movie that was done so well, which Raji P. Henson starred as her, but Katherine Johnson. Yes. You know, my auntie. very long life, 101 years old when she passed away. On February 24th, but unfortunately, she's ascended to heaven and we have lost Katherine Johnson. 
Um, Catherine Johnson uh, worked at NASA, for those of you who saw Hidden Figures, and she was a trailblazer, not only for women, um, not only for people of color, but just she came in at a time where it was mostly white men who were doing that type of uh, mathematical and engineering and scientific research. Um, she was very responsible for the um, orbital, the calculations of orbital mechanics, um, particularly with John Glenn's uh, orbit of the of the Earth. I don't know if you saw Hidden Figures. There was that scene where John Glenn, and this is a true story, he refused to enter the spacecraft unless Katherine Johnson herself co-signed the math, the orbital mechanics, unless she said, you know, I believe that this is accurate, these coordinates, so forth and so on. Your boy wasn't even going in. Oh, yeah. So all these, you know, top white scholars from Dartmouth and MIT and all these places, he ain't want to hear it. It was until, her. Yeah, it was her. they used to call the computers. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's that's dope. Um, uh, what she did, and it was dope that she was able to be recognized. That a movie came out of it, a book came out of it. I actually bought the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm all about supporting black businesses, especially if it's yes, dope. Sir. You know, especially with me having a, a black daughter, uh, technically black and Latina daughter, but with me having a black daughter, her seeing people that look like her that did things, because I want her to feel familiar with those things. So I think that uh, Auntie Johnson uh, is dope. She's amazing. And she deserves to be celebrated and, you know, may she rest in peace, condolences to her family and, and everybody else that's affected by it. Absolutely. I'm glad she was able to see that uh, the building that Nassau named um, after. after her before she passed. You know, sometimes they tend to give you your roses uh, posthumously, yeah. you know, particularly when you pick someone of color and a woman. But, you know, I'm glad she got to see that the movie definitely uh, shed a lot of light. Absolutely. Shout out to black women. Absolutely. Shout out to the black queens. So from there, let's talk about coronavirus, brother. Ah. Coronavirus <laughs> is not just going away. It it's not. not. It's it not. not disappearing. It right? is not and disappearing. It, um, this might be around for a little while. It is. And, and let me start off by saying this. As a healthcare professional, let me tell everybody, please stop buying those N95 masks, right? Which are the face masks that you see a bunch of people um, putting over their face, kind of look like those construction masks that people put on. You have to be certified to put those masks on. So if you don't know what you're doing and you just slap that mask on, you're actually not protecting yourself from the coronavirus. You're just spending a lot of money because people have started hiking up those prices for them, right? right? And put it on. Like there's a whole process that you go through and saying that this mask is good for you. If you are a man with a beard, that mask is not going to work. Chances are if you have a goatee, yeah, no mask for you, right? Uh, some of the things that you can do to help though is wash your hands. Consist consistently, right? Like, so if you're playing around on the floor, you come back from outside, wash your hands, right? Like, it really helps. Also want to, um, you want to be able to uh, keep your distance from some people when they're speaking, making sure that they're not spraying or spitting on you. Um, make sure your children wash their hands and cl clean off your phones as well. Good. Noted. Thank you, Dr. J. And we also are seeing some effects of coronavirus now, particularly this past week with the financial sector. Stock market. So... Clorox, you know, different cleaning products, bleach wipes, bleach. Clorox stock hit an all-time high this past week. Um, for the first time, um, we have an inverted yield curve. So basically that means that yields on longer-term treasury notes have fall below yields on shorter-term notes. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of financial gurus are forecasting that in March that the Fed is possibly going to lower interest rates even lower than where we are now uh, to try to offset the 
the effects of coronavirus. So we will definitely keep you abreast as you know we go into the next two weeks to see how much of an effect does the coronavirus play into the financial sector. Absolutely. Also, Netflix stock is up because people are staying home more. Netflix and chill. You know, America is funny. America has jokes. The way people react is just interesting. Pharmaceutical company stocks are up. So these are some things that you could look into as well. But also people, antibiotics do not kill anything with the word virus in it. Antibiotic means antibacterial, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Like antivirals are antivirals. So please don't go run to your doctor asking for an antibiotic to kill a virus or to kill a coronavirus. Right. And 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 don't be scared to drink coronas. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Corona. Poor Corona. Stock down. You want to drink Corona. Inventory up. Because people are like, yeah, it's that. Any extra Coronas at your crib? Listen, Trev, I'll come pick them up. We good. Store <laughs> <laughs> in my basement. We fine. Look, yeah. Have it ready for the barbecues or summertime cookouts. Bro, let's segue over into the election. There's ah. a lot going on with the election since we last touched on it in episode one. You know, we're getting closer to Super Tuesday, and there were some interesting, uh, there were some interesting topics that took place. You said something pretty interesting to me earlier when I first came over, where we mentioned, uh, you know, what's going on with the black vote. I- I'm gonna let you yeah. say the phrase. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a whole lot of shucking and jiving going on for this black vote, right? A whole lot of shucking and jiving. And for those of you who don't know what shucking and jiving means, it is a uh, an African-American phrase for when people are just acting the fool, right? Like you you ever was a child doing some stuff that you were supposed to do and your mother came and like, if you don't stop acting the fool right now, right? Like we call that shucking and jiving. So you had a, it's a whole bunch of that going on, right? Like you have people running for president on stage at rallies talking about back that vote up. <laughs> so you talking about right. billionaire Tom Steyer. Yeah, back that vote up. You got yeah, but you know he had juvenile on the stage with him. Yes. He had juvenile performing, back that ass up with him, and they and they remixed it, you know, of course, to make it more political friendly. I watch that video though. I don't know if you don't know disrespect. I don't know if you saw his wife. She uh, she been to a couple black parties before. She oh she 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 knew the actual dancing. Yeah, she 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 knew the words. Like, she knew the, <laughs> that wasn't her first. That was she might have suggested. She knew it, but yeah, I, I saw that. I, you know, you know, no no diss to Juvie and you know uh, the whole Cash Money team. You know, I grew up on that, but I just like what's going on here. Like, it's, kinda, it's, but it, but again, right? Like a bunch of shucking and jiving. You have that. You have the commercials from Bloomberg talking about. Oh, I'm gonna change Black America and partnership, and and if he does get voted in, hey, I hope that he does it. If right. he doesn't get voted in, I hope whoever's the next president take those ideas to help Black America. But it seems like you cannot turn on your TV without some type of a commercial that's talking about the Black people vote. Everything that was going on in South Carolina, um, let, not to not to mention your boy Trump, right? Like he's always like, "What I've done for my Blacks." Right, like, well, the blacks. Right, like, like, for my blacks, or for the blacks, like, like Trump. We're, we're American, right? Like, but you know, you and then you, you ah. with black delegation, yeah, <laughs> right. And then, right. And then you, you you go into your boy Trump's, uh, him with his picture with the clerk, clergyman. Oh, and if you're not familiar, uh, pretty much every president has a group of clergymen, clergymen, clergywomen that pray for them. Right, and also you might remember the infamous uh, photo with Obama, where he's in a circle and everybody's touching him or touching like another pastor, priest, rabbi, and Obama has he has like his hands across his chest, he got his head bowed, and they're all praying for him, right? Like very moving, very touching. 
your boy Trump, Trump does this, right? Whether you want to say replicates it or whether it's just his turn. And while Trump is doing it, instead of having his head bowed, Trump is looking at the camera as if they're not praying for him, they're praying to him. Like if it's like a God complex. Oh, hell. Right? And then, then you got a, a bunch of black clergymen in it. And then you can't help but think about all these commercials that Trump has of freeing people and things like that. He's like, yeah, look what I've done for the blacks. And then it looks like, yeah, and all the blacks are praying to me. Like it's like, yo, what are y'all doing? More shucking and driving. Bro, I saw that image and I just I just had to scroll past. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's looking directly into the camera hey. and like everyone's just like legit, like it looks like bowing down to him, like praying to him. Like, like if he's I Zeus. Feel like that was orchestrated. Like I feel like he knew that. Like right, like somebody said, you know it would be real dope if you actually looked at us instead of bowing your right. head and praying. Come on, man. Like that's not what it's meant for. Like it's this whole God complex thing and it's troubling. More shucking and jiving, right? And, you know, and uh, even speaking of that, with, with, with the church, uh, you know, Biden already is called, you know, Tom Steyer is out. Biden won South Carolina. Yeah. And um, a large portion of that was when we unfortunately had the tragedy, the shooting in Charleston over at uh, Mother Emanuel AME. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden um, was, you know, he was able to get, because of schedule, he was able to go before Obama even got there. And, um, you know, I grew up in the church, uh West Indian Caribbean Church, Episcopalian. Um, but I will be honest and say that over the years with the Black community, whether it's the Caribbean Black community, whether it's the African-American community, the church has often, we, we, sometimes we rely on a little bit too much. It's almost like blanketed our thought process. And it's like if somebody shows a connection to the church or good faith to the church, you kind of overlook a lot of stuff. And um not saying Biden's a bad guy, but, you know, he made that move and um, maybe compared to some of the other candidates, he is a man of faith more outwardly. And uh, in a place like South Carolina, that's going to really bode well for you. That's going to be well received. It's um, the Bible Belt. People still remember when he paid that visit um, the other day when he was mentioning the pastor from that church when he was tragic, tragically was assassinated uh, during the, that tragic shooting. Uh, you know, he broke down and started crying. You know, that's going to move a lot of Southern Black folk when they see that. Um, but all that said, still pay attention to the man's policies. Still pay attention to, you know, him during the debates. And, you know, make sure that he's actually the right man. You know, it's good that he's a man of faith. And, you know, we a lot of us remember him from the Obama era. But that alone, let's not have that override what he's actually about. You got to also stand on yourself. You can't just stand on Obama. Right, exactly, exactly. And I, I, I don't want, you know, black voters to do that, to just, because he because he was the VP during the Obama administration. Well, that's my guy, you know? He has to stand on his own also. He has to earn the vote. And that's the thing. We got to get back to people earning the black vote in the Democratic Party. The black vote can't just be something expected. Oh, absolutely. Like I had a, a interesting debate last night in a barbershop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, barbershop. So of course it's a black barber, black shop. And uh, one of the guys in there was like, yeah, I'm an avid Trump supporter. I'm a Republican. Uh, and everybody was going back and forth with him. Right. Um, and he's like, the Republican party is the black party. Like they're the ones who abolish slavery and they're the ones. And one of the things I had to tell him was, you, what you don't understand is that I'm not beholden to the Democrat Party, right? Like I'm beholden to the party that's going to do what's best for Black people, right. especially impoverished, underserved, underprivileged Black people, 
right? And the Democrats do that right now. Because before it was Republicans, but as they moved over, right, right, and they moved over and, and switched to a more conservative side, programs like the New Deal and things like that, right, and that's and, where things started to shift. And Democrats shifted over to this side. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So it's not me moving with wherever the party goes. It's me aligning with whichever party aligns with what's in the best interest for us. So you know, we're getting closer to Super Tuesday. We will definitely keep you all abreast on what's going on, but congrats to congrats to Biden for winning South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah. Bernie had the momentum going before, but this is this this uh this keeps Biden in the race. Yeah. Now that he got South Carolina, this is uh and Elizabeth Warren slipping rejuvenation. Would you say about Warren? Elizabeth Warren slipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going into Super Tuesday, let's let's see how it goes. You know, but we're always gonna. We're always going to push this uh, the election. It is an election year, and it is very important um, for us, you know, young people of color, professionals, that we are aware and in the know of what's going on with the election, and that we actually exercise our right to vote and go out there and vote in the primaries and in the actual election. Absolutely. On all levels, on all levels, city, state, all levels. I just had somebody, um, my local congressman, uh, Tremaine Wright. One of the representatives came up to get signatures for her to run for state um, government. So make sure you you vote on all levels and represent. Yes. Shout out QB, Q Borough, all my people out there. There is going to be a special election for borough president. Oh, let's go. Because uh, Melinda Katz is no longer borough president. Um, and that spot is vacant. And that election is not being, you know, too well publicized. So stay abreast on that. I don't have the exact, exact date on top of my head, but there is um, a brother who's the front runner, okay. uh, who's running for borough president of Queens. But stay aware of that election, because a lot of times, you know, the Congress and borough president elections, we're not we're not too aware of that, like how we know mayor and presidential things of that nature. But, you know, borough president locally, man, it, it does a lot. So all my people in Queens, I will get that date for you, but stay on the lookout for that election. That is a special election that's taking place in the month of March. Okay. Sounds good. All right, so let's get into this little. Um, we had a little little girl, little black girl, six year old, Kia Roll, down in Orlando that was arrested by an Orlando officer. Um, very disturbing, very, very, very disturbing to be arresting a child at that age, at six years old, six years old. Six right? Years old. Um, and then you also have to the to an extent the officer patronizing her as he's arresting her, saying, "Oh, you don't want to get in the cop car? Oh, well, you have to get in the cop car." No shit, she has to get in the cop car. You have her in cuffs and you're walking up to the car, right? right? And the little girl is crying and crying and crying. It's heartbreaking. Uh, and then you also have the officer, what appears to be bragging about this, saying that, oh, you know, um, the youngest person I ever arrested was seven. And you have a teacher that's just like destroyed. And she's like, was those cuffs necessary? You know, and she's six. Like you, I get that you've arrested a seven-year-old, but like she's six. And he's like, oh, that's the record now. Yo, fam, you know how crazy it is to arrest a six-year-old for throwing a tantrum? I get it. She was out of control. She hit three teachers slash employees during her tantrum. But then, like, they're six, right? And it reminds me of my um, my Aunt Fran, um, actually, Dr. Fran. Uh, she's a, she was a principal out in Oakland. She's retired. And she said she used to tell people, she, she was a principal of elementary school. And she used to tell teachers all the time, they're like, I can't do this. These children are out of control. I can't take it. Da, 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 da. And she said she used to look at them and sit them down in her office and go, that is a six, seven, or eight-year-old child you're talking about. Six, seven, or eight. 
and in no way possible should a six, seven, and eight-year-old child be able to control your life to where you're this point at this point or where you're this angry. Mm. Right? You need to be able to learn how to use your words, use your modeling behavior, um, use your uh, crisis management situations of how to control this child and show them the ways that they're supposed to be doing. Right? And if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be teaching. Or teaching early childhood. Right? Like you, 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 you just shouldn't. Right? And, and I get it. Maybe you need to be teaching um, junior high school or teaching high school or teaching at a college level. But if you think that you need to arrest a six-year-old child for behavior problems, then maybe you need to figure out another career path. Yeah, man. I mean, it's interesting. I, I understand, you know, she threw a tantrum. Um, you got physical. Well, she's six, and I'm watching the video, and it's like she's pleading. Also, the school, the, the, the administrator there, I mean, they kind of let it. They, they let it happen. With it. Yeah, like, I, so I don't, there's, I don't know if there's more to it. I don't know if they're tired of her. I don't know what her, her family structure's like. Maybe they try to reach out to family, and they don't feel like they're getting the results. So they were at their wit's end, but, man, the it, it's, it's just so hard to see. She's a little, little girl, six years old. I'm not saying that she's the best bet. I'm sure you could tell this. There's some history there. Clearly. Yeah. Imagine but, that being your niece. But Right. You know, but it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. I feel like there got to be a better way. You know? It has to be. It has to be a better way. I'm a, and, Take and I admit, school in cuffs, like, has to be a better way, brother. I admit to being biased, right? I am biased in favor of black women. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, I got two two nieces that I'm the godfather for both of them. Um, you know, I remember them at that age six, like, right. And I'm I'm big on like protect our black girls. At the point when that little little girl saw the handcuffs and she said, "Who are those handcuffs yeah, for?" Yeah, yeah. And the officer said, "They're for you." And she started crying, right? Crying. I don't want to go to jail. Please don't put me in a cop car. Please don't. Thanks at that point, at that point, the message was received. Right. I get you tired. Right. right. I get you trying to get through something. The message was I think received. She got, yeah. If, 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 you know, she was acting up. Or, I think at that point, if, if if you even wanted to have like the shock factor, like, you know, sometimes you got to do that with kids. You got to let yeah. them know, like, all right, we mean business. I think at that point, I think it, it, it looks like it, it resonated. She got it. Like she did not need crying. to actually have the cuffs applied and put in the car. Right, and it's just heartbreaking watching that, man. And for those of you who have not seen it, you can um, search her name, Kaya Rowe, or Kia Rowe, K-A-I-A, last name Rowe, R-O-L-L-E. Or you can just you can just put in YouTube, Orlando Cop, Arrested Six-Year-Old. And you go watch it and, you know, um, drop us a line and let us know what you feel about it. Let us know if you think we're bugging, right, um, or if we're being too harsh, or if we're being spot on. You know, or hit us up on Instagram. Yeah, Let us know. those of you that work in uh, early childhood education, you know, you, know, you may uh, have more sentiments about this than, than we do. Um, as you deal with uh, a large number of kids on a daily basis that are not your own and um, may have a totally different view, definitely drop us a line and let us know. And that, that, that brings us right into the next topic, which is uh, in New York City, there's been a 70% increase in child homelessness. Right. And this is huge. Like this is just 70 percent is just the numbers that New York City public schools are reporting. Right. Like this doesn't include like charter schools or doesn't include private schools. But more and more people within New York City are starting to become homeless. Right. And if you look at this 
in a time in a landscape where you have a president that's talking about how there's more and more jobs. Right. So apparently there's more jobs. There's signs for, oh, we have affordable housing, but more people are becoming homeless, right? And, and that's a huge thing. When you talk about dealing with a child in education and you're supposed to be the teacher that teach them, what are you going to get through to me if I know that when I leave here, I got to go sleep in a shelter? Mm-hmm. Or when I leave here, I don't know where I'm going to sleep because we may sleep on the street, right? Like this is a real thing. 70% increase in the homelessness of children within New York City. Like it's something that we have to address because these affordable housing options that's around here aren't affordable, right? Like you get these big development companies, especially in New York City, especially in Brooklyn, that get a bunch of public government money to build their buildings, right? And then nobody can afford it. Like there's some, I remember um, I had a friend who had applied for affordable housing and they got back and said, oh yeah, you need to make $80,000 to live in this building. $80,000 is affordable living? Right? When you think about it, think about the teachers, right? Who starting salary may be somewhere between forty-five and fifty-four thousand dollars. Right. right? Who even if they do overtime or decide to teach a sport or decide to like teach cheerleading or decide to tutor, now they're up to what seventy thousand dollars? You're telling me that the teachers who teach in this community and teach people children can't afford to live here because your affordable income is eighty thousand dollars? That's crazy. And it seems like rich people do not get this, right? And this is a byproduct of Bloomberg, right? And and him making Manhattan so expensive and making it where like only the millionaires should really dwell within Manhattan. And then people started reaching out to the suburbs. Now downtown Brooklyn looks completely different, right? It's been completely gentrified. Bedford Stuyvesant is being gentrified. I saw about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, for a school in Bed-Stuy, a private school, their annual tuition was $50,000. $50,000. So none of these kids who grow up here, play here, lives in these projects around here, none of them can afford to go to that school. Right? So like you you moved into the neighborhood, you displaced families that was already in the neighborhood, you raised the rent of everybody else in the neighborhood, and then you also too good to go to our school. So you're going to make your own school and also make it so that people can't afford to go to that school. It's crazy. It's tough, man. Even uh, when we had the uh, brother to brother dinner in January, um, that's with uh, Eagle Academy High School uh, over in in Ben A couple of those young scholars, and and you know, shout out to them for still being in the top of the class. But you know, the administrator that I was working with, Mister Payton, told me that you know, a couple of them went home after we had the dinner to sleep in a shelter that evening. You know, um, but kudos to them, man. Kudos to those young kings. Despite that, sleeping sleeping in a the shelter, they still are. Um, Top twenty students in that in that uh that current class of juniors, eleventh graders. But yeah, man, gentrification is leading to a displacement of a lot of people, particularly people of color. Um, the city's having a major facelift, and it really seems like we're on the outside and on the reactionary side of things, as opposed to you know being in it before and changing with the city. Uh, a lot of it's where we're reacting to what's taking place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, uh, you know, we, we some sports cats. You know, sports. We some sports cats. Ah, my favorite topic. Let's take it in that direction. So, NFL Combine taking place. We have the NFL Draft coming soon, and man, we seem to see a rhetoric that's very familiar when it comes to the black quarterback. <laughs> you know, 
We had this before with Lamar Jackson. You go down the list. Um, young boy Jalen Hurts, current quarterback um, over at Oklahoma. Yes. Previously at Alabama. Previously at Alabama, transferred over. Both top-tier programs. Had a reporter ask him, would you be willing to switch positions? Right? And, 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 and it's, it's just it's, like, why? Like, and it's why, beyond frustrating. Why do we always have to be – why does a black QB – like, for, why does that question even just always have to come up? I don't, I don't even understand the question. And it's it's like oh but you're athletic you may not make it in this in this game even if they can't make it as a starting quarterback of one of the thirty two game thirty two quarter thirty two teams do you know how many quarterbacks suck in the NFL that are second string quarterbacks that are still getting money to be a second string quarterback yep. right like somebody had just talked about the other day or ESPN had just talked about how um uh, Robert Griffin the third who you all know right and I think he was like the second or third overall pick of his draft has made the same amount of money as Chase Daniels. I'm not sure if you know Chase Daniels, but he's the backup quarterback for the Chicago Bears, right? Chase Daniels is not that good. Right. Right? I can tell you right now, Jalen Hurts, he's he's played some games because Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky who's, the, out, okay. who's the Chicago quarterback, he sucks. Right. Right? But, yeah, um, but Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Chase Daniel, and I don't see you asking Chase Daniel if he can go play another position. Right, like, and also Jalen Hurts is coming from, like, he was at, oh, he was at Alabama. And granted, Nick Saban hasn't had the good reputation of producing quality quarterbacks up until Tua, you can say, right? In terms of who we projected to really do something in the NFL, still top tier program, still, right? Yeah. But he went to Oklahoma as a grad transfer, right. and when you think of the head coach at Oklahoma, who's Lincoln Riley, who's he's the real quarterback whisperer, right? He just produced out of Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield, right, who went number one overall to the Cleveland Browns. Kyler Murray. Right after him, Kyler Murray, who went number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. He has five-star quarterbacks in the tuck at Oklahoma. Five-star is the highest rated you can be as a high school kid, right? He has a five-school quarterback in the tuck. And instead of letting that kid play, he went and got Jalen Hurts. So if he went and got him and put him in his system and Jalen Hurts did well, why would you even think that Jalen Hurts needs to play anything else other than quarterback in the NFL? Like that's just crazy. You can't you can't tell me this. I and it's crazy in 2020 with Slavin's conversation, but there's still, you know, Randall Cunningham talked about this years ago. Cordell Stewart talked about it. Donovan McNabb spoke yeah. about it. Yo, Warren, but Warren Moon Warren had to Moon go play yeah. in another league. He had to go play in the Canadian CFL, Football League because yeah. they wouldn't let him play. Yeah. Like, that's just cr- – and, like, we're still talking about it. Even after Lamar Jackson was having the season that he was having last year, in the middle of it, one of the execs who was like, oh, yeah, I asked – I said he shouldn't be a quarterback. I still stand by that. How could you? MVP of the league, and you still MVP. stand by it. There's just – I don't know, bro. I don't, it's it's a mental – and, it, it, you know, it's football exposes a lot about how the country really views things. Even oh, though yeah. it's a sports, athletic pastime, it's something about a black man. It, it looks almost like – He's president, you know? There's yeah. something at the end of the day, and there's no disrespect to any other position. The quarterback is the lead of the team, um, a lot of decision making. And I guess there's just something about seeing a black man, you know, line up and, and play quarterback that just really bothers white America. Here's, here's, here's what's so crazy about the quarterback position being so prestigious in the NFL, right? I personally think that it's only considered so prestigious in the NFL. Because it's one of the last positions that 
white people still dominate in the NFL, True. which True. is quarterback, right? Kickers, but when you think about the teams right, <laughs> and offensive linemen, yeah. right? But like, so they're like, oh, it's the quarterback, it's the quarterback. When you think about the the, the teams that have won the Super Bowl, you have Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots, and then the rest of the teams have won with quarterbacks on rookie contracts, right? So it's like the formula for winning is actually not paying a quarterback a bunch of money. It's actually having a quarterback on a rookie contract and being able to build pieces around him offensively and build a very good defense around him as well. Right. Right? Like, that's been the formula. Defense is key. Right? So, and it's like, because outside of Patrick Mahomes, who was all world, he's still on his rookie contract. Mm -hmm. So, they can put pieces around him. So, it's not like the quarterback is like this all super important position that wins you championships. Right? A lot of times, it's it's a rookie rookie contract quarterback. Right? So, it's just something that it's, it's disturbing. Like we need to really stop it, right? Like it's it's just nasty at this point to keep asking black quarterbacks if they should change positions. Real quick, brother, um, and you're gonna educate me as well. I know you're a baseball guy. Um, I was watching some spring training videos, and I see the Houston Astros uh, guys going at bat, and they just getting pinged like it was ping pong, <laughs> like it was handball back in school. You know, they're they're public enemy number one in in, in the MLB. And, and um, I know there was they, they, there's cheating allegations where they were cheating. Oh, they were um, found guilty. I don't follow baseball that closely to fully, but educate me on what exactly they were doing. And clearly, there's uproar. Like ain't nobody feeling them. Like they they're public enemy against the league. You know, this is the equivalent for those of y'all that hoop. Like it's it's spring training. Like if it's preseason basketball. And dudes is committing flagrant fouls in preseason. It's, it's personal. <laughs> it's personal. And that's, so, what did they do that got all the other teams in the MLB so ticked off? At? So, pretty much, they had a very elaborate cheating scheme of how to steal signals of the other team, right? Like when you're going to steal or the pitches that the pitcher's getting ready to throw. And they pretty much just took it to another level of cheating. Everybody in baseball tries to steal signs. Everybody in every sport tries to steal signs, which is why you have so many teams that do so many things to try to um, cover up the way that they give signs, right? Like you you ever watch an NFL game and they're doing like 15 hand gestures to say one thing, right? So in baseball, it's the same. And pretty much the Astros was using all sorts of type of cheating. TV is reports that they've used in like buzzing belts that would start vibrating for certain things, people in the outfield doing certain things. And pretty much they admitted to it, right? Like we was caught, they were caught cheating. They admitted to it. And the teams have started um, just hammering them with pitchers during the preseason. Like, it's at the point where the Houston Astros might have to start fighting people on the field. Right. right? Like, it's getting that much out of hand. If this is the preseason. It's a pre- I've seen it. Right? Like, we, we may have to just dude fight. like, beaming the ball, like, for the pitch right at the, right right. At the dude up at bat. Like, but, but you also got to be careful about who decides to fight on the Astros because right. you don't want to end up like the guy that tried to fight Nolan Ryan. Right. right. Most people know the name Nolan Ryan, but when he was an older man pitching and he hit somebody intentionally, that man thought he was going to walk up to the mound and whoop his ass. And while he was running, Nolan Ryan calmly put down his hat and glove and right, beat boy. the brakes off that boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more you can play yourself than when you run up to the mound and then you get slammed. Like, yeah. how you attack the man and then get slammed? Like. So it's, you look, gotta know what you're doing, boy. If you want to, if you want to take them out, so they they may have to start fighting. But it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Opening days around the corner, so we we're gonna see how they react on that. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, man. And real quick, segue to the league, man. You know, we are getting closer to to April to the uh, 
to the to the playoff time. Um, a little funny thing, man. I saw you know Zion's healthy, yeah. but uh, man, these young boys don't got no love for Kevin. Uh, oh, not at Kevin all. Love, man. None. So Zion <laughs> tried to take Kevin Love's head off this week. Um, when uh, Cleveland was down in New Orleans, I don't know if you remember the play with Ja over yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies. Ja Morant tried to bug on Kevin Love. Like if he cleared that, bro, yeah. that would have been crazy. He just missed it too. But Zion tried to do like what Vince did over the French dude, Frederick Weiss, yeah. like clear his head and yam it. He just tried um, to do that to AD last night too. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. He missed. He's he super missed. athletic, bro. He be wild, but. Yeah, man, these young dudes, I don't know what it is, particularly with Kevin Love, but it's like they see him in the post and like, oh, food. But, um, yeah, man, league is great. Um, pretty surprised with the Rockets, man. Uh, Russell Westbrook and the Rockets are looking real good playing in small ball. Since they yeah, they are. Capella. They are. Um, but then also. We'll see how long that sustains. Because it's not the playoffs. Now. Right, not the exactly, exactly. Right, um, exactly. So we have to see how that goes once the playoffs come and teams start adjusting and they're only playing you. Exactly. Right, it'll be interesting. Little, uh, little back and forth of words with Giannis and uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, and uh, the bed, James Harden. Oh yeah, over uh, the All Star picking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and Giannis saying he wanted to pick somebody that was going to pass him the ball. Mm-hmm. And then basically, you know, Harden was just like, "I'm skilled. You just, you know, if if I was seven foot like that, I could just run and dunk. I would, you know, do so. the same thing." Man, they both elite ball players, both dope. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how how it turns see out. How we get closer, you know. Shout out to the Raptors too, man. Six uh, T dot, you know. Take, take take a look at that. A lot of people thought it was over for the Raptors, you know, once Kawhi left. Um, but they they slowly, you know, uh, keeping themselves right well. there, right there in the East, right behind Milwaukee. Man, they there. It's gonna be interesting to see once playoff time comes. We keep we'll keep y'all posted. Yep. Um, Kobe's memorial took place. Um, yeah. Yeah, Man, on Monday. Very moving, very moving. I uh, saw a human side of Jordan. Not saying we never seen it before, but telling man, jokes, telling jokes. You know the way he assisted Vanessa when she came off the stand. Absolutely. Uh, you know, sometimes Jordan's often been given the. You know, we on the court, we already know like he's an asshole. Ever. But uh, kind of gets the jerk reputation. He's you know? an asshole. That, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, not the, but uh. You know, we we saw a more personable side of him. Yeah, absolutely. We saw a more personal side of him. And he so, cried. He joked right. about being a crying meme again. Right, yeah, because he because he did it to himself again. He lets out a lot of water, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, if that man cries. It's also because we're not used to seeing of, Jordan cry. Right, but when he does it, bro, he like I, I saw it's like it's a lot of water coming out of his eyes. <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah, man, shout, um, out to, man, it, shout out to uh, shout out to shout out to his family, uh, his daughters, Vanessa Bryant, his parents. And it's everyone who was affected by that tragedy, but it was it was good to see, well put together. Yeah, I think Vanessa did a great job yes. of yes. talking Doing about eulogies. both Gigi both mm-hmm. and Kobe. Yep. Right, like, and it was just it was hard to watch. I was listening to it as I was on my way to class to teach, and I was just like, wow. Like she sent home a lot, you know, and like her saying that she feels bad that Kobe's never going to be able to walk his daughter down the aisle, or Gigi's never going to be able to have a sixteen year old dance. Um. It was tough. Like it was tough, and her pretty much ending it was saying that God made sure that He took Gigi with yeah, Him to have yeah. company because she wouldn't have been able to live without Him, mm-hmm. right? Like it was it was tough. But yeah. salute to her for standing up there and yes. doing that, right? For for sharing her pain with us, because sometimes we almost feel entitled to our public figures, and we feel like, oh, you know, we all die. no, they lost them, right? And um, just seeing that and her having that bravery, like shout out to her. We appreciate you, Queen. Absolutely. 
So as we move towards the end of this episode, you know, I always like to talk about tunes, ah, bars. New music, new music. Talk, harmonizing, singing. New know? music, and we got new visuals. There's new music, and, uh, you know, we definitely got to talk. Uh, you know, Little Baby's project dropped. Um, G Herbo as well on Friday. Um, Little Baby, It's My Turn, G Herbo, PTSD. I didn't get to get into the uh, G Herbo album yet. I will get to it. Um, but... The, art was dope. The, the artwork was dope. It's a picture of him holding up the American flag um, and there's bullet holes in the flag in the uh, stripes portion. And then where the stars should be, instead of the 50 stars, there's uh, pictures of all of his uh, friends growing up. Yeah, and you know, Chicago has the super high murder rate, um, South Side, Edgewood area. So, Englewood, I'm sorry, Englewood area. But um, yeah, man, so I'll definitely get to it. I'll definitely take that project in. Um, was vibing a little baby project though. Curtain, um, ah. man, there's so many, but I, he's definitely he's definitely um, enhanced the content. The content within the bars has improved, and I mean, one thing we know from from early on, from you know, from earlier tapes, um, harder than hard, uh, freestyle, cash, those tracks, you know, before he. Um, before he, um, you know, really started getting national attention, he has the flows because he can harmonize. Oh, yeah. He flows. He flows very well. He has, a, he has an amazing flow. Yeah, he has he, a, so many flows too. Like he just he'll in on one track he'll go through so many different flows. It's almost like he's like punching like a punching bag with the beat. Like he really knows how to find good pockets. But I got to take it in some more. But yeah, that little baby, uh, little baby yeah. album go hard. Absolutely. Definitely um, than that. And I think I think that the people should, because you know, some of our viewers they might not know about Lil Baby, but you know, this is this is one of the songs that one of Trev and our favorites. Not playing too much of it, but you know, that's cool. Hurting. We hit the A. This is booming in the room. Banging. Yeah, absolutely. He 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 has he has. You know, and he also has the ignorant music for you, yeah. if you want to hear. You know, and, and I, I love certain ignorant music like this. Yeah. I was on the bench press yeah, yeah, earlier. So he, he he got you covered too. If you yeah. if you talking about you need some working out music, uh-huh. right? Like he also he, got a song on there that was on the Queen and Slim soundtrack. Oh yeah, smooth, absolutely. You know? Queen yeah. Queen and Slim are very very dope movie, mm-hmm. right? Like if you haven't gone to see it, go see it. It's also available now on um on on demand. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. So if you got uh, Files, if you got Optimum, it's available now. Go check it out. Go support Black Own, you know, very dope producer. Right? This is the song um, off of Queen of Slim called Catch the Sun. You know, very good album. You know, very good project. Check it out. You know, you already pay for a streaming service. It's free to stream. So stream yeah. it and check it out. Uh, my boy Party Next Door, you know, uh, finally getting closer to this this new album coming out. Um he gave us a new song on Friday, Split Decisions. I liked it. Gave me, you know, gave me um, more older PNDS vibes. Um, I was really hoping for a full album. Um, now we're looking at end of March, but we'll see, man. We'll see, man. That's, that's still my dog. I love the music from him, but sheesh, just wait. You're keeping me waiting a long time. Um, so since we up on the other side of the border, you know, shout out to my fam up there, Jane and Finch, Rexdale, Saga, Brampton. You know, Jamaican. I got a lot of family in Toronto. Toronto, like my second home. <laughs> um, shout out to my cousins up there, cousin Trey, Troy, uh, Tammy. Love y'all. 
Um, shout out my boys, uh, Stay Out Late Movement, too. They're doing a lot of dope stuff out there. Eric, Jake Park, Scotty Four Eyes, you know, Tremaine, everything I got going on is real dope. But since we're up on that side, uh, surprise new visuals came out last night from uh, the Six God, self-proclaimed himself, Drizzy Drake. And, um, you know, pretty interesting, pretty interesting uh, visuals. Uh, well, you know me, I, I am big on, you know, he, he really... He touched he he touched song cry and song cry is sacred right. to Brooklyn people right right sacred to Brooklyn people um and I think that's so dope that he did it I think it's dope that he went to Marcy Projects with it uh it'd have been real dope if he got Jay to come back out there to Marcy Projects but as he he even got Bloods out there right like that he said what's up to that he talked to um I think that's dope you know you don't just sample it but you try to take it back to where you got it from. I'm glad right. that's what it was too, because I, I, it, it leaked that he was shooting a video in front of the Marcy sign, and I was like, "All right, Drake, what you doing, man?" Like, I mean, I'm doing no code, like you know. So, you know, all right, cool. We can show that what it is. Well, I'm, I'm glad that's 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 what it was. Um, but yeah, those 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 visuals were cool. Um, man, shout out to the to the to the Rosie guy, where instead of the the Rolls Royce logo that pops out, you see the uh, you see the owl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's big. Uh, you know, it's it's always good to see how people customize things, mm-hmm. what kind of endorsements they get, and how they customize things. Like that's real dope. And everybody know he has that um, the owl. Uh, I don't even know if you peeped it, but you see he has the um, like Beyonce. He got the Greek letters across the chest of one of them. Like instead of OVO, oh, it's like o- Omega V O. Yeah, 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 he's had that design for a little bit. He's had that design for a little bit. What what are the two songs? So wait, the first one is called When to Say When. That's mm-hmm. the one. That's the one that's on the song cry beat. And then Chicago, yeah, Chicago Freestyle. Freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Fire, fire. Um, and listen, man, I know people have I have mixed feelings with Drake, but um, I could speak to this culturally. Um, you know, being Jamaican, um, you know, spending a lot of time in Toronto, having family that's in the music scene in Toronto, Drake has always given shine and bigged up um local legends, particularly in the reggae and dancehall community, whether back in Jamaica or um, in Toronto. And if you listen to the the last of When to Say When, um, he has a, a well-known DJ in the Toronto area in Jamaica too, been around from, from way back from Bounty Killer days, um, Fire Kid Steeny. He's the one um, on the outro going out cracking jokes. It's, it's hilarious to listen to it. But man, he's just been doing that for so long. And um, for me, at least me personally, man, it's always dope. Cause like, these are, these are like, People that we rate big time, but it's like once you get on the Drake track, like you you're gonna now transcend to a whole new audience. People are gonna be in tune and absolutely and, and looking for you. And um, I don't know if it's just his love for the for the reggae dancehall culture, but I always rate him because he bigs up people from that culture that a lot of people on an international scale are not familiar with. But I think it's also he's influenced by these people growing right. up, and I think that's something that's is taken for granted or not understood by mainstream reporters or mainstream media personalities. Right. Right. Like for instance, um, if you just relate it, like it's, you can be African-American in terms of African-American, but not Caribbean African-American. Right. In Brooklyn, if you grow up or 233rd street or Gun Hill in the Bronx, you gonna grow up with a huge Caribbean influence. Yeah. So if you're like, yo, I'm growing up and I'm putting these people on, I'm talking about this because this is what I listen to. Right. Right. Like it's 
people may be like, oh, yo, your, your culture jacket or your culture right. vulture. Like, no, like that's part of his culture. Right. So even when people like they kill me, and they be like, oh, he's trying to put on the accent. No, that's that's part of his culture. Right. Right. I, like you, you go anywhere and you spend a amount of time with natives or people who talk in that language, you're going to start talking like them. And I'll definitely give the insight more to on like the T dot culture. But what you said just now is something I agree. Um, me just having friends, um, especially friends that are um, what we tradi- traditional African-American from all mm-hmm. over. Um, growing up African-American in New York City, um, it's totally different from growing up African-American, let's say, like in the South or something like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I always say if you grow up African-American in New York City, you are you part Jamaican, <laughs> you know, because the presence in the culture the is just so large here you know it's just so large here that even if that's not what takes place you got a couple friends i'm sure you go to the jamaican restaurant from time to time you hear them i mean even think about um, our radio station mm-hmm. like hot 97 like other radio stations in other major market cities are not gonna have like you know sunday dance night reggae hour dance hall playing like in the prime time hours or whole Sunday evening, Bobby, Bobby Connors and Jabba lock off like that Sunday, you know, like when we have summer jam, there has to be a dance hall section. You know, they, the city has to, um, has to cater to the large West Indian and Caribbean, um, population that's here. So it's a, it's a different experience, you know, I, I, it's a different experience, but more particularly in Toronto, um, Black culture in Toronto is very much influenced. Well, first of all, black culture is different in Toronto in the sense of you don't have a history of black people being in Canada, Toronto particularly, like you have here in the States, right? Well, we've, you know, uh, here in the States, it goes back to slavery times, this, that. You know, you do have um, some black folks who escaped Underground Railroad and um, when they made a treaty with the the British and the Revolutionary War, some went to Nova Scotia, but... For the most part, the black explosion in Toronto starts to take place in the 60s when Prime Minister Trudeau opens it up and a lot of uh, Caribbean and West Africans who could not get visas to come to the United States went to particularly Toronto area. And the black culture of Toronto is pretty much Caribbean culture. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not Caribbean, even if you're Ghanaian, Nigerian, um, uh, another type of black, speaking in Pato, Pato phrases is just... Um, just it's, it's just a trendy line. talk. It's just whatever. It's like you don't, you know, here's like somebody is Jamaican greet you way up on. Like, you know he's Jamaican. Mm-hmm. But over in uh in, in, in Toronto, like that's just that's just regular, that's that's the black matter of fact, that's everyone's culture. Absolutely. Even like uh Somalis, Ethiopian, um, Eritrean, um, Greek kids, like just all the different immigrants that are that are in Toronto. Toronto's a huge immigrant uh, immigrant population. That's just the culture. So, you know. When people say that, I was like, you're not really too familiar with the culture of like Toronto. Like, you look at some of his his good friends, you know, Chubbs is Guyanese, Prem is Guyanese, Bach is Jamaican, like, you know, like the men's that he's around, that he pars with, are Caribbean. So he was going to their houses, you know, same way you get in my car, you hear my music, I get in your car, you hear my music. Like, he's not a stranger to the Caribbean culture, particularly the Jamaican culture, you know? Um, same way I was mentioning New York City, you go to a party in Toronto, most of the uh, songs being played is going to be at least a strong 15, 20 minute dance hall segment, you know, at least. At least and that's minimal. that's only if you're in the city, if you're in right. the boroughs, if you're in if you're in Brooklyn, you get more than that. If exactly. you're in certain parts of the Bronx, you get more, more of that. than that. Exactly. Bro, so. the, the culture is so influential that when I went away, to, I'm, I'm African-American, right? Technically, I have a small percentage of West Indian in me, but we don't have that part of the culture within our family right so i'm african-american and 
when I went away to Binghamton, I had to test out of my foreign language requirement. You know what language I spoke to test out of it? No. Patois. Really? Yeah. That's allowable. Yes. I had no clue. It's an actual dialect. They yeah, had no, to. It is. I, I just didn't know being, you know. I'm not sure if it, was Nigel still in Binghamton when he was there. Who's that? Nigel. Nigel. Last he name. might have left. I can't remember his he was last an name. No, he was. He was a professor. He was a grad student. Um, I think he's working on his PhD. Well, but I didn't even know you could do that. yeah, I tested out with Patois. Okay. Out of my foreign language, right? And then and people was like, "Oh, you're Caribbean, right?" And I was like, "I'm African American," mm-hmm. but you know, growing up in Brownsville or more so growing up in Crown Heights and in Flatbush. You had to learn that because that's what the it's majority true, of the man. neighborhood is, right? It's so you true, know, man. shout out, shout out, shout out to OVO boy himself, Drake again. Yeah, man. Seems like he's gonna continue the the streak that he's uh that he's that he's on for a while. Any projects you're looking forward to, man? Things things that you want to see before uh before we get deep into Q two, deep into the springtime. Any some, what I want to see? Artists that you feel like owe you a project a album. <sighs> Well, I know that the the Jay Z J Electronica album is coming out. Um, looking forward to see that because because I'm Hove. I'm oh, I love Hove. Nah, I think a bunch of people have um, co-signed it. Co- co-signed it or confirmed it enough that Jay's on a couple of those projects. You ever heard a couple of Suit Theory, man? Yeah, oh, absolutely. If they could keep that kind of energy, oh man, it's gonna be special. It's gonna, gonna be, be special, special, right? And I and I love it. Um, I'm looking forward to hear that. I'm looking forward to hear the Drake project. I'm looking forward to hearing that Meek. Meek, where Project. you at, bro? I know you've been in the stool. I've been seeing the clips. Right. Need I'm, that, bro. I'm, I'm looking forward. Even when you talk about like local artists, I'm looking forward to hearing the young boy, um, 22Gs, um, put out another project and hopefully catch more traction. Um, especially I need a Kendrick um, Project, me personally. It's been Kendrick a while. would be good. I need a good Kendrick Project. Yeah, absolutely. That that'll be good. I'm look. I'm looking forward to hearing some of these um unreleased Pop Smoke songs that he yes. did. What was the one he was? It was a classic '90s song he was uh going over. So into you by Tamia. Yeah. Man, that sounded great, bro. It was also the Mini Men by Fifty Cent. He redid. He did that too. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm looking forward to sending some of those. And still, um, condolences to his family. Got yeah. the services and the the dance tributes coming up. So we're gonna take you out this week's hood scripture. Give give Comes- us the good word. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Everyone, please gather around to the church trust thoughts. But uh, this week's hood scripture comes from uh, Gangstar, DJ Premier and Guru. And uh, J. Cole had a feature on a track called Family and Loyalty. I'm destined to invest in urban sections where depression rules. I hope to heal this destitute before I leave this vestibule. Between the heavens and the seven circles, where some dead homies may maybe rest. I plan to resurrect a few. I press the truth against the neck of devils. Look at the youth just like a precious pebble. Meant to be protected, mentally we let this poison of Western philosophy make us sloppy. We forgot we are the chosen. From hip hop to astronomy, they copy what we show them. Ladies and gentlemen, from the block to the boardroom, episode two, thank you for tuning in. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you again.